And hello and welcome to American Can We Talk. I'm Debbie George Addis. On today's show, we are going to talk truth about President's Day. What is the President's job? A really good question. Americans fighting tyranny and lawlessness. Lots of people standing up. Biden surrenders healthcare sovereignty to the World Health Organization. What could go wrong? And James O'Keefe out at Project Veritas. Of course, I'll tell you why these stories matter to you. Stay tuned. On America Can We Talk, I talk about election integrity, border security, healthcare freedom, race relations, energy and tax policy, education policy, free speech and assembly, freedom of religion, and all other issues that touch on the God-given right of every American to life, liberty, and the pursuit of their version of happiness. Stay tuned. And hello and welcome again to America Can We Talk and to today's first five. I'm Debbie George Addis. It's President's Day, and that is a wonderful thing. We have a holiday to honor and remember our great presidents. Other years I've gone through and talked about the nobility of past presidents of America, you know, like George Washington and Thomas Jefferson and Abraham Lincoln and Ronald Reagan and Donald Trump and some other ones too. There, you know, there were uh, numerous great presidents throughout the years. But I wanted to talk in this first five about what the presidency means for America in terms of our, or from the perspective of our constitutional structure. The whole idea of founding America, for those people who didn't learn this in school or maybe we forgot, but the idea of the presidency of the United States was to put in place a person who, after uh, we had amendment to the Constitution, could only serve two terms, but it's a person who was the chief executive the head of the executive branch, and had the primary obligation, essentially, to protect America, to you know, protect our safety and our sovereignty, uh, and to administer, essentially, the administration. You know, we have three branches of government, which was uh, one of the brilliant things set up, uh, and been other places too, but set up by our constitution. And so we have the judiciary, the courts, uh, you know, federal and state levels. We have the executive branch, the president, and all the agencies, and the legislative branch. Those are three branches of government. The concept and the intention of the Constitution was not to allow the presidency to become very much like the former form of government that the founders overthrew, which was a monarchy. They didn't like the idea uh, of having uh, the monarchy in England, King George, able to just make rules for um, everyone who uh, within his subjects to him, including here at the, the colonies here in America. And there was no you know, way to penetrate, no way to sway. Um, maybe, maybe you could threaten or you could convince, but the idea of the structure of America's constitution uh, was the idea that the presidency was supposed to be a, uh, a limited, a, an office with limited and defined responsibilities, primary of which, you know, obviously commander in chief of uh, protecting our country, uh, being in charge of the military, but it wasn't to be someone who got into office and then put in place any policies he or she uh, felt like, uh, regardless of whether the constitutional structure of government was followed and regardless of what other rights Americans had. The Bill of Rights, among many other things, was intended to limit the avenues of power the president and the legislatures and the courts have. The concept of America founded on the idea of the rights of the individual to live in freedom and to have you know, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, the other things that we've recited so many times, 
those in the Declaration as well as the other ones that were just uh, spelled out in the Bill of Rights later, the real idea of it was, it was to secure the blessings of liberty for individuals. And so in, in the presidency, you know, there's the executive power and there's endless discussion, you know, how much discretion a president has with executive orders, because sometimes the executive orders are needed and presidents of both parties use them. But the reason I'm going through this little history lesson about the concept of America's presidency is because I want to lay the groundwork to say the president is, president is not really there to force his or her policies through his administration on the American people without having a legislature, which in the federal, um, you know, at the federal level is Congress, is US House, US Senate, you know, they vote on laws and those things become laws. And then the executive branch uh, implements those laws. That's the point of the executive branch to implement laws that were written by people who represent uh, the, the vast majority of Americans or as uh, the constitution declaration, the idea of we the, we the people or we the sovereign. I'm saying all that to say that I'm not, I will not say any, there has been no president since our founding uh, who has ever gone beyond presidential powers because certainly there have been uh, limit, uh, limited circumstances where you might question the president. But what I wanna get at, I wanna say all that to say, why I'm telling you that what is occurring in our country here in 2023 under the he who occupies the White House, the Oval Office occupier, Joe Biden, the, the abuses that he has engaged in and the policies he has embraced and the decisions he allows his executive branch to make, these are, these are beyond the powers intended for him to have. And as I've talked to you in the past about, you know, we, we talked many times about this idea that, you know, the, we have this long march through the institutions that when the communists looked at America, you know, Gramsci, those kind of people who realized we can't, uh, the communists cannot take over America militarily, but we can slowly grind down the belief of the American people in their country. We can grind down the belief of the American people in this constitutional structure of their government, uh, in their concept of what their rights are, and in, really in the very concept of what America is. I mean, the, the unbelievable 80 to 100 year long march through the institutions. I mean, it was occurring before the phrase was crafted, uh, march through the institutions, um, has gotten us to the point that we kind of forget what the unique structure of the Constitution was intended to do, which is to protect individual liberty, to restrain the federal government, especially that the federal government is not there to do whatever it wants on every subject. It has unlimited powers. So here in Presidency, I'll give you a quick litany in closing out the first five of the incredible train of abuses engaged in by this administration. As I've said on many other shows, I don't really think Joe Biden is in charge. I am very sorry that he is suffering from such extreme decline, some, uh, whatever it is, dementia, Alzheimer's, he's not really in charge. And I don't know if he knows that or not, but Barack Obama and George Soros and Susan Rice and the other cabal really running things, really controlling our country right now, they do know that he's not really in charge. I don't know what he knows. But the policies engaged in by this president and closing out the first five are just utterly inconsistent with the whole concept of America include the January 6th prosecutions. Now the January 6th episode at the Capitol occurred a few weeks before Joe Biden actually stepped into the Oval Office. 
but his administration, his Department of Justice, his FBI has implemented their decisions, their preferences, uh, their just assault on the political enemies of the administration through the persecution of January 6th defendants. People who have literally done little, nothing, little more than just you know, showed up at the Capitol on January 6th. Many prosecuted everyone inside the Capitol and all of them were there to protest what the, um, the what was obvious then and more obvious now is a stolen election of 2020. So you have this just, it is the actions of a mindset of a monarchy or as someone who abuses power, who uses the power they hold to prosecute and persecute their enemies that is the mindset of the uh, prosecutions, persecutions of people who are in the, um, I'm hoping we get our Zoom signal back here, but the people who have power um, in Washington. So, um, so you have January 6th, you have the gulags, which isn't what I mean by that is in Washington, DC, you have the people sitting in jail still today, sitting in prison cells or jail cells in Washington, in our country, being treated like people are treated in third world countries where there's just absolutely no um, power of the individual to stand up for their rights, to uh, in any way challenge their, um, their incarceration, to demand uh, justice, to have due process. Many of these January 6th prisoners have not had due process. Uh, the unbelievable uh, bias is, is too weak a word, but the assertion of power of the federal government against its enemies, and then at the same time, um, and going after the same time, the uh, lawbreakers who are supportive of the left-wing agenda the, of the left is undertaking have no consequence. So Joe Biden, President's Day, uh, his scorecard, January 6th, and the, the treatment by the courts, the prosecutions, the gulag, the failure to address election fraud, regardless of how much evidence emerges uh, and more and more emerges, the COVID tyranny. Um, okay, my, my happy producer is trying to tell me Okay, do we get this back? Oh, there we got it back. Okay, so my happy producer, who's I'm not doing the show from home today, so he's just telling me how to turn the camera back on. I don't know what happened there. In any case, um, so you have I'm doing this first segment to say January. I mean that today, President's Day, is a really good opportunity to sit back from all of the issues that we talk about all the time and think about how consequential and and, and deeply alarming it is that we have an administration that is not in any way. Uh, conducting itself consistently with the ideas of what the presidency in America is supposed to be. January 6th, the DC gulags, failure to investigate election fraud, failure to uncover it, failure to admit it, uh, COVID tyranny. We have just still ongoing, incredible, um, uh, no, still ongoing. Um, I'm sorry, my helper is trying to say, shift the camera. Do I need, I'm, I'm sorry. Am I in the, looking? Yeah. I'm sorry. This is the home, the home deal. Okay. Um, we have COVID tyranny. We have the president putting in place the, um, okay, it's, it's working from here. I see what you're saying. The camera's not, okay, so let me do it this way. Okay, friends, sorry. This is what happens when we do this show from home. Sometimes we get our little signals mixed up. Um, so I'm going to do it this way. So we have uh, the um, COVID tyranny, the United States, the president of the United States putting in place uh, rulings, forcing people to resign for the military, who then end up, of course, uh, you get the most conservative, the most religious, the most patriotic, who refuse to take the vaccine, driven out of the military. And then we're left, of course, with those uh, 
who are, are less that way, uh, still in the military, COVID tyranny, weakening our military. We have military exercises on pronouns and transgenderism versus let's be a ready and mighty fight, a strike force. We have the Biden administration utterly abandoning the border. Yeah, go ahead. Utterly abandoning the border. I mean, to the point that the, yeah, that the, um, the, the people of this country, especially if you live in Texas, if you live near the border, if you have any idea how bad it is, you're looking around saying, where is the federal government? Where is anybody who's actually helping uh, in getting this, um, getting this um, border secured? That is a fundamental, since the beginning of time, job of a president and Joe Biden, under his intentional and direct policies, has essentially abandoned the southern border. This alone, that alone is impeachable. The, the failure to enforce the border uh, and just, and then which the con with the consequence of massive fentanyl uh, deaths. I mean, fentanyl deaths are just, I read stories that people send me uh, about losing a child to fentanyl. You know, one person gave some child one pill and he or she wasn't sure what it was and took it and, and their life is over. So these, these things, I am laying up all these charges against a president to say, this president is not attempting to defend and protect the American people. Um, so, okay. Um, my husband, my, my producer is trying to text me. I'm sorry, this is uh, the problem doing the show at home. In any case, wrap up the first five. On President's Day here in 2023, in 2023 on President's Day, we are living in a time when we have the President of the United States uh, suffering from dementia, un, you know, not, not really in charge, and America in chaos on dozens and dozens of issues. And it's not like, you know, they put down, they pass a law that made the speed limit too slow on the freeway or something inconsequential. It is that they are actually, um, I'm sorry, my husband's trying to get this fixed for me. Thank you. Uh, it is that they are, the, the things that are occurring in our, in our country are just that they are, that they are freedom crushing. They're, they're, people are afraid to speak up to protest what the government's been doing, afraid to speak up and protest over um, you know, whether they think the, it was election integrity, whether they think COVID uh, vaccines are safe. You have a country that's going down the path of suppressing free speech and the government cooperating with these social media companies and silencing the voices of people who don't agree with them. This is where we are on President's Day in 2023. I'll wrap up the first five by saying this. In America, there is not going to be endless patience with what this government is doing. At some point, at some point in this country, there's going to be the effort to push back against this administration that is simply, to borrow the expression my friend Frank Gaffney uses so often, taking a wrecking ball to the United States of America. It is a wrecking operation what this administration is doing to our country. And so as we you know, think again about President's Day and what we what we do as, as citizens in a country to protect uh, our precious country. We have to try to contain, to rein in this completely out of control and I will just say it anti-American administration that is holding power in Washington D.C. Because otherwise, friends, we are very close to losing our country, and millions and millions and millions of people know it. Okay, so I want to um, turn to you then. I, I want to talk about it. So we, we're at President's Day. We have this president who's 
not in any way visibly trying to protect the American people. He's allowed the southern border to flood in with people, no right to be here, no legal right to be here, no COVID testing. You know, we have COVID rules at the wazoo uh, if you're an American citizen and no rules at all if you're at the border. So you have people trying to stand up in this country and do something about it. And so I want to mention just a few of them, of those people. One is, I've mentioned Tina Peters many times on the show. She was on last week, the week before. Tina Peters was a, a Colorado, Cortez, Colorado um, uh, county clerk. She was in charge of the elections there. She was the one that uncovered pretty much irrefutable proof of the hackability of the, of, of the Dominion voting machines, not just vulnerability to hacking, but evidence of hacking, changed votes, changed data. She uncovered it, and the message to her was, Oh, if you do that, if you prove it's happening, we're going to prosecute you. She's facing prosecution uh, in the state of Colorado for, um, it's like seven felonies, three misdemeanors, basically because she obtained the proof about how vulnerable the, uh, the voting machines are. And so she ended up uh, getting prosecuted. So she announced yesterday or this morning, which I'm thrilled, she's running for Colorado GOP state chair chairman of the Colorado Republican Party. There, someone was already running for that, there are a few more people in. I don't know how it will sort out, but the message she is sending as she faces prosecution in her own state and by a government that turned against her by people who are in power in her state because they got funded by George Soros, literally got funded by George Soros. So they're in power, they're allied with, they're locking arms. They are the recipients of the millions of money or at least hundreds of thousands of dollars of money of George Soros, whose primary goal is to take down America. This is what, and so this is what she's facing. And so instead of cowering in fear at home and waiting to see if maybe somehow it uh, can all work out okay, she's instead going, you know what, actually I'm gonna run for state party chair. I mean, I, she's a hero to conservatives around this country. That's one way she's stepping up, someone's stepping up. Another story I wanted to tell you um, is there's this organization that I just love called Ameri America First Legal. America First Legal. And um, they just take on the Biden administration and file lawsuits. Now you might be saying, why bother filing lawsuits? I mean, how is that going to help us get out of this horrific predicament America finds itself in. And to be really clear, America is in a horrific predicament. We have people running this country. Uh, we have the Biden administration who is utterly beholden to the Chinese. Uh, to quote my friend Sam Faddis, he's a controlled asset of the CCP because they have funneled so much money to him and his family. He's not able to look out. He's not able to make the judgments a president would make if he or she were just free and clear from um, and doing their, um, you know, doing that they were uh, conducting the job of the presidency uh, with the goal of having, um, you know, of, of protecting Americans. Joe Biden is is irretrievably sullied, dirtied, uh, and and just beholden to the Chinese. So that's who's running the country. And so you think, well, what do you do about that? Because there are many people getting extremely desperate. In fact, I'll just tell you, I, I'm bold on my three issues. The three issues that are really driving America to desperation. One is the border because there's no defense for abandoning the border. And there's, there's any harm flooding America, not just fentanyl deaths of young people, but people coming into our country, no right to be here, people who are moving into place and, and they're part of foreign, ga foreign gangs, they're part of Islamic terrorist groups. They're, they're 
filling our states and countries all with the mission the left has to make them citizens as soon as they can so they could all vote Democrat the rest of their lives and we'll lose the republic. The border is such a serious thing. Three issues that people are in our country, I believe we just cannot tolerate from this administration. One is border security. The second is never fixing election fraud, never ever acknowledging it and never fixing it and continuing to spew out the lie. There is no fraud here. In fact, I have some updates on that subject of election fraud. Uh, and the third one is COVID tyranny, the perpetual announcement that yet another vaccine is probably coming because another virus is coming. Acknowledgements, Pfizer, be, through the, the uh, efforts of James O'Keefe and Project Veritas, the Pfizer senior guy uh, who has since been fired, but he's putting, he's saying when he doesn't know he's being recorded, yeah, we're working on developing more viruses so we can develop more vaccines to make more money. So I think if you ask people what they're deeply upset, and you could go down the path of things people are upset about, about critical race theory invading our schools and government. In fact, tomorrow on the show, uh, we're gonna have a special guest, Dr. Carol Swains joining us in the studio. She is a, um, a PhD, an amazing life story, a black Republican woman. Uh, and we're gonna talk with her about the recent executive order out of the Biden administration that essentially says, you know, we are going to, install a CRT SAR, like C-Z-A-R SAR, in every single facet of America's government. So you're going to have the government uh, acting as, as, you know, not hiring the most competent, the most capable, the most uh, ready to perform, but you're going to have them under CRT and gender fluidity and, and you know, DEI, the diversity, equity, inclusion mindset, this is what this is what Biden is doing. It, people, if you were trying to destroy America, it's the kind of thing you would do. You say, we don't care about competence. We don't care about skills. We're going with CRT and DEI. So tomorrow we'll talk about that more. Uh, Carol Swain, a brilliant um, person is going to join us. Uh, we're doing that show in studio where we have a little more control of the cameras working. Uh, but in any case, so this great organization, America First Legal, uh, one thing they did, they're, they're pointing out that they do, as other organizations do, they file uh, lawsuits trying to get uh, under the federal statute, the Freedom of Information Act, Freedom of Information Act, commonly referred to as FOIA. So they put information, they put requests in and the Biden administration stalls, doesn't answer, doesn't give the information. I mean, they just, they, this is, you're watching the actions of an administration that's on an agenda and they don't care what the law requires and they don't care what they're supposed to be doing. They care about forcing their, their, their you know, fundamental transformation of America down the throat of the American people and we can't do a thing about it. So here you have America First is responding to or is calling out and now suing the Biden administration for unlawful obstruction um, in, by not responding to FOIA requests. Three particular areas they're looking at is um, they want to know, in fact, I didn't even tell you this yet. I, so the, the Biden administration engaged in what I would, what they're calling, I would call an unprecedented attack on U.S. national sovereignty in the form of an invitation. So the U.S. government, your government to whom you pay taxes, they, um, they made, extended an invitation to the United Nations Special Rapporteur on Contemporary Forms of Racism and they asked the UN Special Rapporteur to investigate systemic racism in US local law enforcement. I mean, people who have been over this, there is no statistical basis for people to argue that systemic racism has overtaken America's law enforcement. You can look at data, but when you actually break it down, understand 
what's behind the data, the facts behind the data. There's no basis to say this, but the Biden administration, as all leftists do, they gain political power by trying to divide and make false accusations and divide America or divide their society, in our case, America, uh, and pit Americans against each other. This is the point of Biden having made that uh, filing to the United Nations Special Rapporteur on Contemporary Forms of Racism, asking the UN to investigate us for systemic racism in law enforcement. Uh, and this, so this is a lawsuit by America First, uh, why the Biden administration is expanding the World Health Organization's power and control over American citizens. Another disastrous thing. We're gonna talk a little more about that later, but they are essentially, the Biden administration is on track very, very soon to essentially give in, give away American sovereignty over our national healthcare system and give it to the World Health Organization with respect to pandemics. And third, uh, details about their plans to redivide Israel's capital city of Jerusalem. I mean, the Biden administration is out of control and at least uh, this organization, America First, is saying, you know, we want answers as to why, what justifies what you're doing? What, what are you doing? What justifies it? Okay, so um, within this whole uh, segment of the show, America's Fighting Tyranny and Lawlessness, America First, uh, love it. There's also uh, the, um, I don't even run out of words. Uh, the Biden administration um, has undertaken a new plan. I don't have a name for it. Uh, a new plan uh, to and uh, to essentially expand their efforts to open the border to everyone. To let everyone come in, come into America. No worries, just come on in. We'll figure out later whether you have any right to be here. It's pretty much what they're doing. So America first, along with our great. Texas Attorney General, Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton, filed for an emergency injunction to block Biden's most extreme open borders decree in a lawsuit that 20 other states then joined. And so the idea of this new Biden plan to make sure more illegal aliens can pour into America with no consequence, uh, the new plan uh, is a, uh, it's a lawsuit against the Biden Department of Homeland Security, uh, which, uh, which is seeking to immediately, the, the lawsuit is seeking to immediately cease its illegal new program that will allow hundreds of thousands of additional illegal aliens to be paroled their word. The unlawful program basically allows people living in other countries, allows aliens in their home country to obtain the benefit of being able to secure advance approval to enter the United States. This is not, this is not our existing written in federal law, you know, refugee uh, status. This is not, this is a new, completely no basis, no justification, no basis in law for what the Biden administration is doing, but they're doing it because they can and because they think America will just put up with it and not fight back. And so what you are, what um, this action, this lawsuit now is against Department of Justice and, um, and, and yeah, against Department of Justice um, is to say essentially, you can't just make up a new policy, make up a new um, plan here and have illegal aliens making application from home under a new process that has no basis in federal law, the, the administration has made it up, let people come here, they're paroled to come here. And then when they're kind of okay ahead of time, and then when they get here, we'll figure out if we can find some legal basis for them to stay. I mean, it's so outlandish. And the idea that there are lawyers working in Washington who are giving a sign off on this saying, sure, Joe, that's a reasonably good plan. Let's do, do that. I mean, I am just floored by this, this, um, parole scheme 
and floored by the idea that the Biden administration, who's already abandoned the southern border, and if you don't know that, you should go visit the border yourself. If you hear me say the Biden team has abandoned the southern border, you think, well, that's kind of exaggeration. No, no, you go to the border and you won't see that anymore. They've abandoned the border and now they're further working against the interests of the American people. Back to our first five about the what this President's Day, what we should be celebrating. The concept of the presidency, the primary job of the president is to support the American people, support, protect, and defend our borders. And Biden's just saying, not doing it. We're not doing it. And you can't stop us. And we're thinking of all sorts of new ways to get more people here. I mean, I, I really do. I mean, these lawsuits, you might think they're tiresome or they just, what, what goes a lawsuit going to do? But I actually still do hold out some hope that some members of the judiciary in our country are still beholden to the Constitution. We'll say, well, you know, you're not supposed to talk about election fraud. So we're never allowed to say there was any election fraud. This is how judges, I think, think. We can't really agree there's any election fraud. And we can't really, really talk too much about uh, COVID. Um, but you know, this, this thing, this is America, literally an invasion orchestrated by the president of the United States. That's how we have to think of the southern border. It's an invasion orchestrated by the Biden administration. And the border states and other people who actually kind of still like law and order are waiting for someone, someone to say something and, and, and do something. And so maybe these lawsuits, they at least help get the message to the Biden administration. We are watching you. We're, we're really not okay with what you're doing. Um, and one last great thing I want to tell you um, is just a, a great thing I, I mentioned earlier. Um, we have a wonderful um, attorney general here in the great state of Texas, Ken Paxton. Um, happens to be a friend of mine, and I really, and he's a great guy. Anyway, um, he has filed a lawsuit. Now, this is separate from the ones I was telling you about America First. He, Ken Paxton, has filed a lawsuit essentially arguing that the uh, entire omnibus bill, you remember the big fat hundred and I didn't even know what the number was, $117 billion uh, spending package, the entire omnibus bill. He, Ken Paxson, filed a lawsuit, uh, sued the Biden administration, essentially saying that the entire, it's the Consolidated Appropriations Act of 2023. It's the, you know, it's the whole omnibus bill. He is arguing in this, uh, in this litigation, uh, Texas Attorney General Paxson's arguing that the Congress had no right to sign this law. They, they don't have the right to claim it as a duly passed law because they didn't have a quorum present. I mean, literally, this is under, you know, when Nancy Pelosi told everyone they can stay home and nobody has to come in. You can vote by proxy. You can sit in your, you know, office back in Arkansas, wherever state you're from, and, and you're a member of Congress and you're voting to spend trillions of dollars and you can sit in your home and your office and, you know, click the yes button. Yes, I vote yes. And that's how th this astonishingly consequential um, piece of legislation was passed. And he's saying, this doesn't sound right. This doesn't sound like we should be able to do that. And so um, I, I will tell you, I think that um, whether it goes anywhere or not, I love the fight. I love that people in our country and the, the, the entire omnibus overwhelmingly irresponsible, absurd spending bill filled with just, I mean, we've gone through shows, we've run through things that were in there. I, I mean, it's just utterly irresponsible, absurd, and didn't even have 
that people weren't even in Washington to vote on it. And the reason you think, what well, does it matter whether the you know senator and house member sat at home, um, you know, the house member was in um, you know at home in their their home in Alabama, or whether they were in Washington? And here's the answer to that: the the idea of having a legislature elected officials is that, you know, each district in our country, congressional district, you send someone to Washington and you're supposed to be there as a legislature. And you're supposed to listen to each other's arguments. You're supposed to have to answer to each other and to engage in the robust debate of things. And I know that sounds like almost arcane. People say, we don't do that anymore. We let all the lobbyists write the bills and we let the staffers write them and we don't do a darn thing. We just vote yes or no. But this has to change. It, the whole process of passing a massive spending bill of this kind has to change. We, we can't keep doing this in, in, in this country. So uh, Ken Paxson files this lawsuit against the omnibus spending bill, 1.7 trillion, um, became law late December. And he's saying the absence of a quorum, a quorum of legislators in Washington means that you can't have this bill that you can't have, that this, this isn't law and it wasn't lawfully passed and therefore you can't implement it. He's, and it will be, if it were to be successful, a way to stop the spending under that bill and to get the Congress to come together and do another bill. It's, it's a brilliant bill and, and just brilliant brave on his part. And I'm very, very um, grateful he did that. So I, this little segment, I, I call this segment Americans Fighting Tyranny and Lawlessness. I just think in our country at this time, I mean that, you know, People you talk to understand the scope and depth and breadth of election integrity, uh, just utter election fraud, and they feel powerless. And the people who live along the border and they realize that they have people, literally in Texas, we have people who own ranches along the border and they'll have illegal aliens, not just crossing over their land, but banging on their front door in the middle of the night, demanding food, shelter, cell phones, I mean, they, they have a sense of entitlement that has been implanted in their thinking by the Biden administration. So you have danger to these people. They're finding dead bodies on their property, sometimes dead bodies of children. I mean, the border is only going to be safe and the children are only going to be protected and the illegal aliens who want to come to America, all of them who are being brought up here by coyotes and abused by them, they're only going to be safe when we have a secure border. So in this segment, the idea of fighting this tyranny and lawlessness, I, I think we have to fight in the courts. I'm grateful for America First Legal, grateful for Ken Paxson, grateful that someone like Tina Peters is fighting. She's just not sitting at home and surrendering. She's standing up. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, one more thing on where we are on um, election stuff. I, I talked about how this election fraud thing is one of the things I would say is a top three issue to the American people. Did you realize, and, and, and you know, I, I just, I find this astonishing, but Dominion voting machines, which are the ones that were, uh, Tina Peters in Colorado and other places, they have, their jurisdictions had purchased Dominion voting machines. And that was the machines that she engaged in and, and ultimately developed the irrefutable proof that the machines are hackable and they were hacked and votes were changed. So the, for this, she gets prosecuted. But Dominion voting machines has sued many people I mean, and for, for claiming many people for reporting the story that there is any fraud involved with the Dominion voting machines. I mean, these people have these vulnerable machines and people around the country reporting problems. And Dominion's answer is, we'll sue you if you even talk about it. So some good things came out of uh, a lawsuit. Dominion filed a lawsuit um, a while ago against Fox News because Fox News reported 
we got a problem with Dominion voting machines. I'll tell you something else before I get to these great things that came out in this filing that was made um, by Fox News. When you engage in that kind of conduct that Dominion does, you're not just, you know, when you're suing someone because they said you have a problem with, your, with uh, the machines, you're not just, uh, you know, um, trying to punish someone who said something about you, they claim they were defamed, but you're really silencing, you are bullying, you're attempting to bully a whole host of people in this country who are, are really honest and really savvy and they listen and they read and they understand the nature of the challenge that we face in this country uh, with election fraud. And when Dominion sues people, I mean, they've sued numerous people and no point running through the list, they really silence other people. They think, well, I'm going to stand up for election integrity in my legislature, but I'm just going to talk about, you know, stronger voter ID requirements or something like that. They won't, they have bullied people into silence and so they don't demand that we get rid of voting machines and all electronic machines and voting, which is what really needs to happen. So in any case, but these great things came out. So Fox News, um, you know, uh, gets sued by Dominion. And so they have, you know, you do pleadings back and forth. So Fox News is now pointing out in its pleadings. And by the way, Dominion sued Fox for 1.6 billion, B as in boy billion for reporting about Dominion's problems. And so, I mean, it was, they sued him back in March of 2021. So we're coming up in almost two years ago, but in this new filing, uh, in this lawsuit that Fox is filing, uh, you know, it's uh, pleadings, um, what has come out is a, a ton of information and evidence about the fact that within Dominion, a lot of people knew they had a problem way ahead of time. They, I mean, Dominions are trying to act like, what are you talking about? We're the safest, we're the best running machines ever. Here's what actually uh, some of the things that came out in the Fox thing. Uh, Mark Beckstrand, a Dominion sales manager, confirmed that other parties, so this is a Dominion person, this is a statement being included in the filing that Fox made in response to being sued by Dominion. Mark Beckstrand, a Dominion sales manager, confirmed that other parties have gotten a hold of Dominion's equipment illicitly. He identified specific instances in Georgia and North Carolina and testified that a Dominion machine was hacked in Michigan. He confirmed that these security failures were reported about in the news. And just weeks after the 2020 presidential election, Dominion's director, Dominion's director of product strategy and security, Eric Coomer, Eric, you know, we'll talk about his name in a minute. Eric Coomer acknowledged in private that our, and he said, S-H-I-T, I'm just gonna, our shit is just riddled with bugs. This is the guy who put the statement out later saying this was the most secure election in American history. What he actually said off camera, our S-H-I-T is just riddled with bugs. According to this brief in 2019, Coomer noted that our products sorry for the crass word, our products suck. He lamented that almost all of Dominion's technological failings were due to our complete F up in installation. In other instances, he, Coomer, who is one of the ones out there saying everything's fine here, this is, these are statements he made, and yet this company has the audacity to sue Fox and other people for pointing out what their machines do. In another instance, he, Coomer, identified a critical bug leading to an incorrect result in a Coomer email, January 5th of 2018. He went on to say, it doesn't get much worse than that. 
Other internal documents noted a glitch identified by a security expert in Antrim County should be detected in the software. Coomer shared that the expert isn't entirely wrong. I'm getting a point, friends. The American people are actually smart and we read and we learn and we listen to actual experts. And then the level of frustration in America, we do not have a government that is responding to these extremely serious concerns, the border, election fraud, COVID tyranny. In fact, we just kind of get pushed around by them instead um, is just um, beyond dangerous. I have a whole bunch of other facts. I was gonna, I'm gonna have to skip it today. I wanna talk more about January 6th tomorrow though. I wanna tell you some more things that have emerged of what happened on January 6th. But uh, the last thing I want to do, uh, the, my next segment was about Biden surrenders uh, healthcare sovereignty to the World Health Organization. And I just want to um, tell you back to our concept, our talk in the beginning about this being President's Day. This is President's Day, and we in America believe we have a, an enormously uh, we have a wonderful structure of government created by our founders, and we have a presidency that's supposed to be limited in power. And it's not supposed to do certain things uh, without executive or without legislative approval. Congress makes the laws, executive enforces. That's why they have administration to enforce things. And then judiciary, the judiciary is there for litigation and, and courts. But what has happened and why I, I talk about why this danger of losing our country is because the whole concept of the federal government as having limited powers has been trampled on for decades now. But in particular, the power exerted by this particular administration, the Biden administration, with respect to your healthcare freedom. The specific story is, and we talked about this months ago, but now it's come up because a vote is coming. A vote is coming this month. So there was an effort to have the World Health Organization funded and controlled by the Chinese Communist Party, CCP. So World Health Organization is not a freestanding, lovely international organization. It is a CCP organization. So the, the effort was to have the World Health Organization, all because of course they care so much, they wanna help you feel better, and they care about your health. They, the World Health Organization wants to have, wants to have more power when a uh, alleged pandemic comes along to take charge of all policymaking. They don't want all these countries with different rules with some particular pandemic or virus. They don't wanna have, well, America has this rule, but you know, uh, whatever it is, Vietnam has this rule and Turkey has this rule. They wanna be not just giving advice, which should be the role of the World Health Organization and information sharing, it was originally an information sharing platform, uh, where you go and listen to what other experts thought and you could trade information. They want to take control of the healthcare in the world, at least with respect to pandemics. They want to be in charge of it. And they and so, you know, usually in America, or the, the thing the Constitution requires, if you're going to give away in America, for example, our sovereignty over our right for sovereignty, our control of our own healthcare system, seems like you should have to have approval of the at least the Senate, maybe the whole Congress. Because it's not exactly, it is a treaty that's being signed, but it's not a treaty with another nation, but it's a treaty with many nations under World Health Organization um, to essentially transfer control of healthcare policy during pandemics away from America and to the World Health Organization. So very specifically, um, the, the Biden administration is preparing to sign 
signed the United States to a legally binding accord with the World Health Organization that would give this UN subsidiary the authority to dictate America's policies during a pandemic. This was written during the COVID pandemic, which has long been over. In fact, many doctors, it wasn't really a pandemic anyway, but you know, the COVID episode. So, but this, they started to come up with this idea of, you know, let's put all the power in the hands of the World Health Organization, again, controlled by the CCP. And, you know, Biden is certainly not going to fight that. So this was discussed, you know, over a year ago, there was a draft pandemic treaty published on February 1st. And, and so now they're seeking ratification uh, of this draft pandemic treaty. And the idea is all 194 World Health Organization members are going to be at a meeting or invited to the meeting at, at, at World Health Organization's intergovernmental negotiating body, INB. The meeting is scheduled for February 27th. And at that meeting, they're gonna hash out the final terms and, and your government, your Biden administration is going to sign on and give this power to the World Health Organization. And let me just say what the power is, be precise. And they have all, as leftists always do, when they're trying to take away your freedom and take control of your life, they always have some really happy sounding way they describe it. Written under the banner of, quote, the world together equitably, the draft grants the World Health Organization the power to declare and manage a global pandemic emergency. Once a health emergency is declared, all signatories, including the United States, would submit to the authority of the World Health Organization regarding treatments, government regulations such as lockdowns and vaccine mandates, global supply chains, and monitoring and surveillance of populations. Joe Biden, your occupier of the White House, controlled, of course, by Obama and Soros, whoever really runs this country, they are all set to sign on. And this is a place we talk about, you know, how great it would be to have a majority in the U.S. Senate. It'd be great to have even some Democrats kind of raising their eyebrows and saying, are we really good on this? We're going to sign this, sign off to this? This is what we're going to agree to? Because right now where we are, I don't know if anyone in Congress will stand up and say, you, Joe Biden, you have no constitutional authority to do this. Just like he didn't have constitutional authority to think up some new program under immigration and let laden hundreds of thousands of more illegal aliens come here with no legal right to be here. He didn't have the right to do that. He doesn't have the right to do this. But here's the problem when you lose the rule of law. The rule of law, the constitutional structure, the entire way in which we hold our officials accountable, it only protects us if someone will enforce it. It only protects us if someone will enforce it. So hopefully there will be people in Congress, in the Senate, who will say, uh, hey, Joe Biden, we're not on for this. We're not doing this. We're not going along with the World Health Organization. We're not surrounding America's sovereignty and America's policy regarding pandemics, population control, global supply chain, everything else. We're not surrendering that to the World Health Organization. I hope and pray that there are enough people uh, in Congress who will speak up and say that. It may be the case that something American citizen, I mean, there may be uh, standing for uh, a group of citizens to say, you know, we, you, you, President um, Biden, I hate to call him President Biden, but, you know, he who occupies the White House, you can't just give away your health care freedom. And, and I don't know what a court would do, but I'm telling you, these are the kind of things freedom lovers in this country and, and people who understand America's founding ideals 
are being driven out of their minds because this is a lawless administration. They lawlessly seize power. They do things because they can and because they have very few voices on the patriotic conservative right who will stand up and fight for them, fight them and stop them. And frankly, many people on the patriotic right are kind of moral, kind of okay with all this. You know, as long as I still get my freedom, as long as I still get my job, as long as I can still work here in this bureaucracy, I don't really care what happens. But this is very, very serious stuff. Very serious stuff. And so I will report as I keep following these stories, I will report if we end up finding some um, you know, lawsuit that can make its way through the courts to challenge this, because the concept was bad enough in the, the uh, COVID pandemic that we had so much policy being spewed out of the corrupt mouth of Anthony Fauci and the NIH and the CDC and the FDA. They're spewing out policy, and even though they weren't enforcing it, all the state or many of the state uh, medical boards, state legislatures, state governors, county government, love the chance, jumped on the chance to control the people and tell them what they have to do and whether they have to wear a mask, whether they're allowed to go to work, whether they can open their church. This was the COVID, you know, introduction of COVID, uh, which was also by design and not a fluke or happenstance. But the introduction of COVID opened the way for many people who are driven to control others in our society, seized on it, jumped on it, loved the idea that they get to control people, and they did. Bad enough that was coming from state legislatures and some state medical boards, and, and then high, bad enough or worse coming from Washington, at, you know, taking away the freedom of the American people. But this is, this is your government saying, we're just going to let World Health Organization take control in the next pandemic. And if you've ever read, and I probably should cover it again in the show time, sometime soon, Anthony Fauci's planning on pandemics. He's talking about pandemics, plandemics. He's talking about them. He's warning about them. The idea that we have this once in a lifetime pandemic and now it's over, not close, folks, not close. The people who see how successful pandemics were in beating in the American people into submission, subservience, and just giving up their rights, uh, you know, just to stay safe. Uh, these people saw how well that worked, and this will not be the pan the last pandemic. This COVID won't be the last thing. Okay. Um, so one last thing, James O'Keefe. I'm just going to quickly tell you um, uh, on James O'Keefe, who I think is just a um, you know he's the founder of Project Veritas. Um, and so he, you know, he was, has done great, great, great things. And before I get to what I tell you what's going on with him, um, I just quickly mentioned, so I think of some of the things that he has brought out for the American people to understand. Uh, he exposed Planned Parenthood when they were denying that they were selling baby body parts. Well, it turns out they were because some James O'Keefe orchestrated effort uh, got somebody undercover to admit this. Now you may not like James O'Keefe's tactics. You may think, oh, I'd hate it if he did that to me. But the fact is, Project Veritas, Project Truth, did a fabulous job in bringing out truth to the American people on a whole host of issues. But what he did was expose many, many angry, powerful leftists who do not like what he exposed. He exposed ACORN. Remember, that was a long time ago. He exposed ACORN. He exposed Planned Parenthood. He's had other ones. He exposed, I think it was Google, but high-level officials. He's exposed the uh, teachers' unions and the public school teachers who are telling parents, oh, no, we're not doing that to your kids. And behind the scenes, they are pushing critical race theory and transgendering kindergartners and pushing for Marxist revolution ideology and teaching anti-Americanism. 
And then of course he came along and exposed Pfizer. James O'Keefe has made a lot of really powerful, wealthy leftists very angry, very, very angry. The last one he did, Project Veritas did, before he was temporarily removed from his position as president and CEO of Project Veritas, the last one he did was the exposure of Pfizer. And Pfizer, you know, they're the ones who said that they couldn't possibly tell uh, Americans, they could not possibly release for the American people all the results of their um, of their testing of these vaccines, they could, they, they asked for, it was like 75 years or something. They, they needed or 50, 75 years before they could actually release the data. And uh, fortunately, some good judge said, no, actually this year, you're going to release it all. And as we're discovering, as Naomi Wolf is discovering and others are, the fact is that what we have, we, Pfizer was well aware that their vaccines were dangerous, ineffective, harmful to pregnant women, harmful to children, harmful to people. And that's what was in the Pfizer data they tried so hard to protect the American people against. So Pfizer, you know, had this was that forced disclosure. And then back to Project Veritas, they had Project Veritas uh, got someone to go undercover um, with one of the senior doctors there who just, or medical officials, very high level official, uh, and acknowledge, yeah, at Pfizer here, we're kind of trying to develop other viruses, we don't have other vaccines. I mean, it was humiliating. So James O'Keefe is forced out. Well, I want to tell you what I think actually happened. There are people who got on the board of, um, of Project Veritas, um, one, of, one of whom um, James O'Keefe brought on board, brought on board, and then people very, very connected uh, got um, involved in the, in the situation internally at, at Project Veritas, a very small board. They have some complaints from people in the company saying that, you know, he was, James O'Keefe is full of himself and he's arrogant or whatever they were saying. So they ask him to leave, or they ask him to step away temporarily. He says, fine, James O'Keefe steps away temporarily. Almost right away, the board pushed out something saying, oh, what do you like? We didn't get rid of him. We didn't fire him. He's just taking a break. Who doesn't want a vacation? Blah, blah, blah. And then, um, so O'Keefe is gone. And then um, they have a, a, a letter written by a powerful law firm saying, you know, um, to Pfizer, I mean, excuse me, to Project Veritas, if you guys, if you guys fire James O'Keefe, understand all of us, these big donors, we're not giving another nickel to you. Never another nickel. So, you know, you had this, um, you had this stress on the board saying to them um, that they are um, going to trying to get this to open, sorry. Now stress on the board saying you're gonna lose money. And so then the board say, no, no, we didn't fire James O'Keefe. What are you talking about? Anyway, James O'Keefe has now officially departed. Uh, from his role from Project Veritas. He's the founder. <clears throat> he was the president, he was the CEO. As many people were saying on social media, he is, James O'Keefe is Project Veritas, meaning he's the brains, he's the thinker, he's identified the issues that matter, he's identifying the path you're gonna take. So, you know, he's out and uh, he came into the office, I guess this morning, James O'Keefe, went into Project Veritas in New York and read a resignation letter um, to his staff. And then later, somebody who is on the Project Veritas board now, someone who's still on, put a statement out saying, you know, uh, he didn't, he can't say that he didn't retire. We got rid of him. You know, we asked him to leave. They're trying to, you know, trying to say he didn't quit. You know, he, he didn't quit. We fired him. All I want to say is this. Number one, James O'Keefe really is the brains of the operation there. And he's the, he had the concept and it was brilliant. And he'll go on and do something else. He'll have a new partner, some rumors about who that might be. I mean, a new business partner. 
He may go right on and keep doing this and Project Veritas, as it currently stands, without the brains of the operation, you know, has a, probably a very short shelf life. I mean, they, and I, I think maybe the various people I mentioned, the organizations that James O'Keefe so angered so much um, by exposing them, uh, many people who give to those organizations, Planned Parenthood, all those organizations, ACORN, um, and you know, who love the social media giants, who love Pfizer, who make money on Pfizer, these people wanted James O'Keefe gone. So, okay, he's gone. But you know what? He'll go on and do something else, probably even more effective. And the shell of the company that still exists, that is the board that's sitting there that's so proud to say, he didn't quit, we fired him. I don't think they can last six months because there's nothing to them. They just got on board to get rid of him, to carry out, I don't know whose wishes, but carry out the wishes of someone who just wanted him gone because he'd embarrassed and exposed too much of America's anti-American hard left. We are unfortunately almost out of time. So as I do at the close of every show, I'll tell you why the stories we talked about today matter to you. So we started our show today. Um, and again, I wanna apologize before I do this for our uh, technical difficulties. We do the show from home and today we, <laughs> variety of things happen. And um, I love doing this show and I love the professional studios at Real News PR, Real News Communication Networks. Um, and I, this show is a um, top-notch, serious, substantive show. And um, I want it to look that way every day. So I do apologize for um, difficulties today. Okay, so present day, President's Day, what's the President's job? America's founding was crystal clear that be no king, no decrees, orders, or rules issued unilaterally by a single all-powerful ruler. Office of the Presidency is to protect and defend constitutional freedoms and individual rights. Yet the Biden administration is carrying out the gulag political imprisonment, willfully violating every American right of due process with hundreds of J6 protesters who did virtually nothing wrong at the Capitol, decimating the American military, driving out Christian patriots with vaccine mandates, driving out the unwoke, leaving a depleted fighting force versus real enemies, selling out to China via massive corruption and grift. Biden behaves like an installed occupant, installed to destroy the America under the Constitution. Is there any other explanation for his behavior? Americans fighting tyranny and lawlessness. Open southern border just gets worse and worse. Biden administration now proposing to parole them, illegal aliens, into the USA, Fentanyl's deliberate poisoning of Americans by China. And I mean the word, word deliberate. Biden knows where this fentanyl is coming from and he doesn't do a thing about it. COVID tyranny never stops. Vaccine injury and excess mortality data is overwhelming, but data, excuse me, but government keeps pushing vaccines. State Department hiding programs from the FOIA inquiry. Omnibus bill passed entirely through proxy voting, now being challenged by Texas Attorney General Paxton, while left-wing bar associations going after Paxton. Election rigging and election fraud evidence now overwhelming, while left, <clears throat> I'm sorry, are you read that, excuse me, please. Um, yeah, election rigging and election fraud evidence now overwhelming, while left-wing bar association goes after license of lawyers who seek legal remedies like Sidney Powell. Credit to Tina Peters, America First Legal, and Attorney General Paxton for standing up. Biden surrenders healthcare sovereignty to the World Health Organization. Biden administration signed on to the World Health Organization Global Initiative for Pandemic Response. No president has unilateral authority to give up American sovereignty on any subject. 
The American people have not consented to this and do not consent to this. Will the U.S. House or Senate object? Disconnect between ordinary Americans' attitudes about all aspects of pandemic response and the Biden administration's continued pressing of all of it never has been wider or starker. Civil society cannot be maintained in the face of government defiance, disdain for the people. Does anyone in the Biden administration know this or care? And James O'Keefe out at Project Veritas, whether O'Keefe resigned or was terminated, no different to the future of Project Veritas. Project Veritas will close its doors soon and James O'Keefe will find new and renewed donors. O'Keefe embarrassed and exposed extremely powerful people and organizations, Pfizer, big tech, public health officials, they all want him gone. Expect smears of O'Keefe to accelerate and become uglier. His enemies want him unable to resurface in any, in any similar investigative form. O'Keefe, this is the rumor that's out there, O'Keefe to partner with um, RFK Jr. There was some picture they were together, who knows. Um, this may appear as a battle between persons, but it's a battle between truth and lies and truth will and must always win. And that, my very fine friends, is America Can We Talk for today. Thank you so very much for tuning in every Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time to America Can We Talk, where I always talk truth about America because America matters. And I'll talk to you next time. Can we talk truth about America? Can you